chapter 3, verse, verse 6. You're going to say, well, you read this last week. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. All right. Acts chapter 3, verse 6. It says, Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And I couldn't, I can't get away from the thought about the power that God has in his name when we call out his name, the power that's in his name. Your, your, your testimony, Phyllis, I mean, it attests to that. And, and I thought how that, I thought that when we, the night that, or the day or the time when each of us got saved, when we called out, when we called out his name, when we repented of our sins and acknowledged what we were and where we were, and we called out his name, he saved us immediately. Just like he healed this man, his name, his name has power. And there's power in him. Now, he doesn't have to always move immediately, but when he saves us, when we meet the conditions to be saved, when we're saved, we are saved immediately. I mean, I, I believe that with all my heart. Well, I know that with all my heart. It's immediate. And I thought how that, you know, he, he saves us immediately, and I, but I thought about our service for him. Our service for him, he doesn't just save us and immediately say, here, go and do this, okay? He, there's a process there, right? I mean, he saves us immediately, and he gets us into his family immediately, but then he's going to work on us from that point, encourage us to get in his word, to come to church, to be around people, to grow us, right, in his, in his word, because we can't serve him until we understand better who he is and what it is he wants us to do for him. Would you all agree with me on that this morning? So I thought about, we're talking about Peter and John here in, in verse 1, and about this lame man, and I thought how that with the disciples, it wasn't any different with them, I don't believe. And Josh, you can chime in here if you think I'm off base here, but kind of y'all hear me out, and then y'all can chime in to tell me what you think. But you know, they were just men just like us. And in John chapter 1, you're going to say, you said this last week. Yes, I did. But I'm, I'm repeating myself. I know that. John chapter 1, they came to know, they met Jesus. Okay? They met him. He didn't call them the first time that he saw them, but he, they knew who he was. They knew he was Jesus. No different than us. When we, when we truly met him one day, when we got saved, that's when we met him. That's when we truly met him. We might have heard of him before then, but we truly met him one day when we got saved. Would you all agree? So, and I thought about how that when we read the Bible and we think about the disciples and how he, how he called them, if we go back to Mark chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 4, I'm not going to read all of it, but if you remember, he was, Jesus was walking along the, the shore of the Sea of Galilee. And there was Andrew and Peter and James and John. They were in the boats and they were fishing. And what did he do? He called them 
to come in off the boats, and he said, come and follow me. And he, they came in, they stopped fishing, and they began to follow him. And as we come forward to that, Luke chapter 5, and when I was studying through this, I just couldn't get past this account in Luke chapter 5, because in Luke chapter 5, Jesus has already begun his ministry, and he has been out preaching the word. And in fact, if you want to turn there, I'm going to read some verses out of Luke chapter 5 this morning, because I just couldn't get past, as I was reading, again, about Peter and John, sometimes when I get to started reading and studying, there, there's things that I kind of start thinking about different things, and it's not just necessarily me. I think it's the Lord kind of steering me, guiding me in different directions, and I got started thinking about the disciples and the kind of like the timing when they were called and kind of how that worked out and where they were. And just all these things were kind of going through my mind. But I came across Luke chapter 5, and I just couldn't get away from it. And I like what, what's, what we're told here because in Luke chapter 5, I'm telling you, this, to me, this is an amazing account in the Bible. It's an amazing account. And you, know, and you may say, well, we've heard this account a lot. That's okay. But it's still an amazing account because I believe that Peter, Andrew, James, and John here, their lives were changed forever after this day. Their lives were forever changed after this day. And the significance of what happened here. So I'm going to read, um, I'm going to read a few verses here in Luke chapter 5. And it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and that's the Sea of Galilee, just another name for it, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And like I said, the, the lake of Genesaret is, is the Sea of Galilee. Now, it says here that, that Jesus went into Simon's, Simon Peter's boat. But keep in mind, he knew, he knew who Simon Peter was. He had met him before. They had met. He knew who he was. And they knew each other. So Jesus asked Peter, he says, push offshore a little bit. And he began to teach the people. And he taught them for a while. And, you know, and, and I thought how that uh, he wasn't just teaching said there was a multitude there. There was a great number. He wasn't just teaching those people that were around the shore that day. He was teaching the disciples that were present a life-changing event that was going to impact them for the rest of their lives. I truly believe that. And I thought about, you know, when he says he got on the boat with Peter, with Simon, and, and I thought how, I started thinking about the boat. And I thought, man, I wonder how big... I wonder what kind of boats they had back then when they, that, they, that they fished in. I just kind of wondered that. Because, I mean, I've been on, you know, little speed boats and stuff like that. But I just thought, well, how big, I wonder how big one of those boats was. Now, it depends on, on what you, you know, I'm not saying this is complete 100% accurate, okay? But it kind of gives you something to think about, okay? I came across where they have supposedly found a boat from that time period. Now, they can't say for certain that this was the boat that, Jesus was on, okay, I'm not even going to go there, I'm not saying that, but they called it, and I kind of like the name of it, they called it the Jesus boat, that's what they called it, and I thought, well, I kind of like that, I kind of stuck in my mind real quick, 
Now, this one that they found, and they had a picture of it. I mean, there's not much of it left, but you can basically see the framework of it and everything. And 27 feet long, they said this one was. Whether they're that big or not, I don't know. Like I said, this is just kind of, this is just one of those things where, as I'm studying, I try to think, well, you know, what would it have been like if he would have seen that? How big of a boat would it have been? And like I said, 27 feet long, 7 to 8 feet wide, and 4 feet deep. And I thought, man, 4 feet deep. But then I thought, you know what? They had to have room for the fish. You know, they catch fish, what are they going to do with them? They got to put them in the boat, and the boat's got to have sides on it, because otherwise the fish are going to go right back in the water. So anyway, it probably had two sets of oars, is what it supposedly, which means there would have been about four, four men, two and two, and probably a fifth person, one who would probably steer, or maybe even some of them even had a sail. But anyway, just to kind of think about that. And so, like I said, I, I just... This is just one of those things. I just had to, I had to kind of do some reading on this, and I just wanted to know more about it. I couldn't get away from it. So verse 4, and he says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. And what he was saying, what that means is let out your nets for a catch. And, you know, Jesus, like I said, he'd been teaching the word of God from Simon Peter's boat. But like I said, he was not just teaching the group or the multitude. I mean, it was a huge number. I can't imagine the number of people that were there, but it says a multitude. The Bible says it tells us that. And, but they weren't, he wasn't just teaching them. He was teaching his future apostles about him and about his power and about who he was. And here in verse 4, he tells Simon Peter, he says, row out a little bit farther from shore into the deep water. And I liked what J. Vernon McGee said. He said maybe he said something like this to, to Simon Peter that, well, you know, we're going to leave off fishing for men for a while, and I'm going I'm to teach you a little bit about fishing for fish. I liked what he I liked that. So verse 5, and he says, And Simon answering said unto him, and listen to what he says. And I thought, man, is this not, this just spoke to me about as life, just part of life. Is this not us? He says, Master, we've toiled all the night. But he said, Master. So he was given significant. He knew. He knew that Jesus was the Messiah. I mean, he knew who he was. He knew he had already met. He knew he was the Messiah. He knew he was God's son. He knew he was the chosen one. He said, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know, and, and I, you think about these men. They'd fished all night. They'd caught nothing. This wasn't a pastime for them. This is how they made their living. I mean, they knew how to fish. This is where they fished. They knew how to fish. And from what I read, fishing on the Sea of Galilee, you didn't do it in the daytime, and you didn't do it in the deep water. You did it at night, and you did it in the shallow water. So Jesus is telling them to do to what Peter and the other fishermen that are there, or what just Peter really, because only Peter's in the boat with him, is totally contrary to what he understands. You know, and, he, and I wondered if he thought, you know, what does Jesus know about fishing? You know, I'm, I'm the fisherman here. What does Jesus know about fishing? I mean, but, so he... Um, so you don't do it, so it's broad daylight, and they're out in the deep water. And, but he placed, 
his faith in Jesus because he acknowledged who he was. And he trusted him and he had faith in Jesus because he obeyed. Because he obeyed what Jesus told him to do, Simon's life was going to be changed forever. If he wouldn't have obeyed him, and I thought, you know, how is that not any different from us? You know, if we don't listen to him when he's trying to tell us something or when he's asking us to do something, we have a, we have a possibility of missing out on something that could be a life-changing event for us. And you say, well, that's not very likely. Well, I don't think that's true. Y'all looking at me like I'm way off base here this morning, but I mean, I, honestly, I, I don't think that's, I mean, that's, that's true. If, if we don't listen to him, we're listening to ourselves, but that's not in my notes. I'm going to keep on going. So, but he put his faith, and that's what, I, that's what I want to get at, is he put his faith in Jesus. Okay, he trusted him, he put his faith in him. And it made me think about the man in Mark chapter 9 who had the, the son who was possessed. He was bad sick, he had, he had a devil in him. Mark chapter 9, verse 23, and... Verse 22, actually, it says, verse 21, and Jesus asked him, he said, and he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? He's talking about his, his son who's sick and, and possessed. And he said, and oftentimes it hath, he says, I'm sorry, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. And listen to what he says. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And what does Jesus tell him? Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. I tell you, Peter was the same way. I mean, Peter could have said, Lord, it's going to be a waste of time. I'm not doing it. But that's not what he said. He listened. He put his faith and his trust in him. And he pushed out. And right. That's right. That's right. And I think that's what he's wanting us. That's why he put it in the Bible. He wants us to understand that this morning. And when we read this, he wants us to understand that, that we can trust him in every part. <laughs> Who else are we going to trust? You know, I mean, honestly, I mean, you know, you say, well, that's easy for you to stand up there and say, well, have you not been there? I mean, have, you, have not every single one of us been there at some point in time where it's like you get to that point and you think, well, I've done everything I can do. I, there's nothing more I can do. So who else are you going to try? I mean, you're just going to say, well, I give up. We either give up or we give over to him. I mean, that's kind of where we're at, right? Wendell, do you have a comment? That's it. And if we don't, if we, haven't been if we haven't been looking to him along the way, what happens when the big thing comes? I mean, it's, it's utter, because of our failure, I mean, I don't know, y'all may disagree, but to me, I can say from my perspective, from my failure in the past, then what happens? It's, you experience basically utter chaos because you haven't been trusting him the way that you should be, and then when you really, really need to be close to him, <laughs> you're not. I mean. Well, yeah. 
He ain't stopping. And I, I don't know, but I guess I was naive younger, but I mean, I used to think that, you know what, once I get through this, he'll leave, he won't bother me anymore. Yeah, right. I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. No. I mean, if it does for you all, please come and share with me how you got it to work that way. <laughs> but... That's good. Amen. Oh, yeah. He's, his way is always the right way. I mean, I didn't always realize that, but, boy, I'm glad I realize it now. All right. Let's see. Let me get back over here to Luke chapter 5, verse. Let me read 5, 6, and 7, okay? I already read 5, I know, but I'm going to read it again. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless... At thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had done, when, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. And you think, I mean, you think about this. I mean, and, and as, as you all were talking, I thought, you know, what do you think Simon, Simon Peter never thought he was going to... I mean, he was just thinking about fish. I mean, he was just thinking about fish. But God was able to use this and bring it to a realization of who he really was and, and change his life and the other's lives, lives forever. So, I mean, this, this catch of fish, think about it, was so great that it said the nets broke and, and they needed another ship to get the fish in. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty much a, I'd call that a bounty of catch of fish. I mean, for, for sure. I have no idea how many. But the thing is here, to me, it's a very basic, but such a powerful message for us right here. And, that's a, and it's simple, but it's so powerful. And how true it is that without these three things, or without these two things, we're never going to get the third one. And to me, the first one is, we got to be saved, okay? We knew they were already saved. We know that. But we got to have faith. They had to have faith. They had to be obedient. And that's the same way with us. And when we have faith and when we're obedient, we get blessed. Now, I'm not saying, don't go there. I'm not saying you're going to be happy, happy, happy and, and, and all these physical things. I'm talking about spiritually, when we have faith and when we're obedient, He's going to bless us spiritually. I mean, that's a fact. So, and, and he does it in different ways for all of us. And to me, that's, that's just, when we look at this, how many of you have read this in the past and caught the fact that when he says, and they beckoned, and that's the other thing, and he says, and they. I think Andrew was on the boat with his brother. I don't know. I, the Bible doesn't say that, but it says, and they beckoned unto their partners. And that's the other thing. Who was their partners? James and John was their partners. I mean, so the, God, he had all this figured out way before these men were born. You think about that. I mean, and yet, and here these men were. They were just fishermen working together, and they end up being called, and they end up going out, going further, going in the future to serve the Lord and to win souls and to do ministry work for him. But yet they were already working together in a line of work as a, as a business, if that makes sense. So I just think, like I said, there's a lot there in those verses that 
we've read that before and heard it preached on and taught on, but there's a lot there that we can still gather from it, a whole lot. Oh, I think he sees him in a different view here when we get to verse 10 in Luke chapter 5, too. I agree with you. I agree with you, um, Gail. But he goes on and he says, let me, let me read these. And he says, and when Simon Peter saw it, look at what his response is. He fell down at, at Jesus' knees, and what does he say? Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And here we, here we get an idea of who else was there. And so also, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And, you know, to me again, witnessing this miracle that Jesus did, I mean, I think it changed his life. It changed not only Simon Peter's life, but I think it changed the life of every one of those men that was there that day. And probably the, the people that were around on the shore, I would think it changed their lives too because any of them probably that lived around in that area, maybe they were fishermen too. If not, they knew when those, these men fished and they knew it was an unusual thing for that to happen, for them to come in with two big, huge boatloads of, of fish in the middle of the day or in the daytime. I don't know exactly what time of day it was. But, but he says... This is what Simon Peter, and this is what I thought about, what he said. He said he knew that Jesus, he already knew that he was the Messiah. He'd met him before. He knew who he was. And he had followed Jesus for a time. But this is, when you, when you think about this, I think maybe he thought that he knew more about fishing for fish than he knew about fishing for men. And he went back and started, he went back to his job, right? I mean, and then the other thing is he had a family to take care of, Okay. But is that not any different than when he calls us, when he saves us? You know, it was a while. I mean, I can remember. It's been a while back. It's been 20-some years ago. But I can remember when he first called me, when he first saved me, I'm sorry. I was just kind of going to church. I was trying to understand what this thing was all about. But he began to, to work, you know what I mean? He began to put people in my life that helped me. He, he guided me to how to read God's word and things like that, put me underneath the folks that were men that taught and men that preached the book, preached the word of God. And then there was a time where he began to speak to me and, and you know, start to work on me, for lack of a better way of say, and say, so, you know, you can, maybe teaching is something you need to do. I mean, this, and, and this was a long time ago. And I think back how he's, he does that with every, each and every one of us. Each and every one of us, we're serving. We're here this morning, and maybe our service is to be here and to pray and to come to church every time the door. I mean, that, that's our obligation to come. Maybe y'all don't like that, but I'll say that. It's our obligation to be here every time the doors are open. But when he calls us, after he saves us, he has to, he has to work on us. He's got to get us into his way and get ourselves out of the way so that we can do the service that he wants us to do for him. And I don't think it was any different with these men. I don't think it was any different. I mean, I'm not questioning. Don't, don't, don't go down the path and say, well, he's saying they weren't called and they didn't fight. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I believe he, he was continuously working on them, showing them himself, just like he shows us who he is through his word. So, 
That's right. And same way with the servant. He couldn't just bring these, these men, and I'm not saying this in any way derogatory. These were powerful men, famous men, men that were special. I mean, and he knew it when he called them because they had the qualities that only these men could do to go and do what they did and serve him and die for him the way that they did. They, they had to have those qualities. I mean, they were special. But listen, he's called every one of us because we're special to him. I don't understand why, okay? I mean, I love you all, but he's called every one of us because we're special because he's got work for each and every one of us to do. I tell you what, if that don't make you happy this morning, man, I, I ain't got nothing else. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, he, he's asked us, and he's helping us to serve him this morning. And uh, you know what Simon Peter said? He said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And I thought, you know, go, he said, go find somebody that you can depend on. And I thought, man, sometimes I've been right there. Lord, sorry. But you know what? He never gave up. Aren't you glad he don't ever give up on us? Oh, I'm glad he don't ever give up on us. I'm glad of that. I'm glad of that this morning. But, and here's the key. We got to recognize that we aren't good fishermen. You say, well, I ain't never fished anyway. Well, okay, but whatever. But we got to recognize we're not good fishermen, just like Peter had to recognize. We got to recognize, I got to recognize that I've got, there's times my faith fails. There's times that I've got failures. I do things that are wrong. I got to realize that. But if we're going to fish with the Lord, we got to do it according to his direction. That's the key. We got to follow his direction. We got to know, we got to listen to him, and he'll tell us where the fish are, who we're supposed to witness to. He'll tell us that. He'll guide us to where we're supposed to go. He'll give us the right kind of bait. He'll, he'll, he'll give us the words to say. He'll give us whatever it is we're supposed to do. And here's the key a good fisherman, Tim Kelsher, well, there he is, he's up there. He'll tell you. Tell me if I'm wrong. You got to be patient. You know what? serving God and witnessing for him we got to wait it's on his time we just got to keep on doing what he's what he's telling us to do we got to follow his instructions and listen if we don't catch one we got to keep on fishing that's what we got to do so I'm gonna quit <laughs>